thinking and praying this week, Lord, the last day of the year, surely there must be, you know, a New Year's message that uh, you would want me to preach to God's people. And uh, thought maybe, you know, something from Revelation, behold, I'm making all things new. Um, or maybe, you know, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And then the Lord said, just preach the next passage, please, Michael. <laughs> the next text from Second Samuel, chapter 16, verses 15 and following. So I read through this passage. I think, what have you got to say here, Lord? Well, lots of things came through, which I hope you will also benefit from tonight. But as we come to the end of 2023, it's actually a time to look forward to a new year, but it's also time to reflect um, what God has been doing in our lives. What has he said about the times that lie ahead for us? Uh, recently, we witnessed the transformation that took place in our preaching. Um, I remember Lamb was taken away and he was meant to be preaching and I realised I needed to prepare the evening service and I got Ittai the Gittite. Ittai the Gittite, who is he? And I discovered something incredible that I'd never seen in the scriptures before. Ittai the Gittite, a man from Gath, you know, the town of, of Goliath the Philistine, Ittai the Gittite, who turned completely from his gods, from his people, from his heritage, and became devoted to David. You know, and God's eternal purposes in the end, we'll see in a chapter or so's time how Ittai is so used of God in the overthrow of Absalom. And it reminded me, Ittai reminds us that we can all change. He changed completely. He, he was going down a particular path amongst people who were following certain gods and beliefs and systems, but he completely changed. And he chose a different pathway. In that passage, when David addresses Ittai, he says to him, you know, what are you doing over here with me? Uh, you've only just come. Go back to your people and God bless you. And Ittai says, as the Lord is with you, I will not depart from you. I will be your servant virtually. That's what he says. He completely rejects his past and serves David. But not just serves David, he serves God and his eternal purposes. Well, changing our allegiance can take place for various reasons. In Ittai's case, it was from bad, from corruption, to what is good. We enter a new year, we need to realise that Jesus actually said that what lies ahead for this world will involve many turning from good to bad. Jesus tells us in Matthew, which we read tonight, he answered his disciples, See that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. 
and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning of the birth pangs. You know, uh, Haddon was describing tonight the, the birth pangs of his daughter. And it, it, it was dramatic. And it was painful and challenging. And there was potential anxiety and all of those things connected with birth pangs. And realize this, that this is going to happen to the world. This is what God has said. There's going to be birth pangs of God dealing with the corruption and the wickedness of the world in order to bring about a new creation. And Jesus said, they will deliver you up to tribulation. So the Christian, the person who loves God deeply, is going to suffer tribulation. Even some will be put to death. You'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away. Betray one another and hate one another. So Jesus is telling many will go from good to bad. Many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased. The love of many will grow cold. Now, I was listening to a, an American uh, uh, radio station this last week and reporting on the state of the United States and particularly the police forces in the United States. And the police forces in the United States are being depleted daily because policemen and women are giving up the task of being a police man or woman. The pressure is becoming too great. The lawlessness, the opposition to authority, they're forsaking it. And people are taking arms to themselves to take the law into their own hands. Whew, that's a pretty dangerous situation. It's just fermenting under the surface. Well, this is exactly what Jesus said here. Lawlessness increases. The love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Now, Jesus didn't share this with his disciples to scare them. You know, when, when we hear the truth, we're actually given a, a, a sense of, oh, I understand why these things are happening. I can see what Jesus talked about. There it is in front of us. He's already told us this beforehand. That's a wonderful thing to know in the scriptures as we see things take place in the world in which we live. Now, the story that we just read tonight is about Absalom. It's about Absalom's Rebellion, actually, against his father. His drawing of the whole of Israel, virtually, except for uh, a small portion, to himself. And yet the story contains a vital lesson about being deceived. 
You see, Jesus told many will be deceived. They will be led astray. Now why in this story is Absalom led astray? Well, let's just read, read through the story again. In verse 15 of chapter, two, uh, chapter 16, it says, Now Absalom and all the people, the men of Israel, came to Jerusalem and Ahithophel with him. Now Ahithophel was a prophet and he brought God's message to uh, David when he was king and now he was bringing uh, messages to, to uh, Absalom. He had sided with Absalom. He'd seen Israel turn towards Absalom and he had sided with him. And David had prayed earlier in Second uh, Samuel. You'll see in Second Samuel he prays that the counsel of Ahithophel would turn to foolishness. So that's uh, in, in chapter 15 and verse 31. You see there, and it was told David, Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. And David said, O Lord, please turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. David prays that the counsel of Ahithophel, the one who actually is regarded as the messenger from God, will be turned to foolishness. I think this is really interesting because David in this uh, little account here again is seen as turning to God. He turns to God in his times of difficulty, even his own sinfulness, he turns to God. And this is why David is regarded in the Bible as a man after God's own heart. It's not that David was perfect, he made big mistakes, but he turned to God as his refuge. And you'll read it in his Psalms, the Lord is my refuge and my strength, you know. He he writes about it. Well here again, he's in great trouble. Absalom has risen up with great following, um, some people regard Absalom as uh, an interesting character. Uh, he's described by some commentators as the Alcibiades, now that's an interesting, of the Old Testament. Now, who's Alcibiades? I thought, well, I don't know who this person is. I'd better look up. Well, Alcibiades was an Athenian statesman and a general in the Peloponnesian War. He was brilliant, he was courageous, but he was unstable. And you will notice in this whole story how Absalom is unstable. You will see how Ahithophel comes with this council and he thinks it's great and then he asks Hushai to come with council and he thinks that's great. And he's unable to discern the pathway he should take for victory. He's unable to discern the heart, actually, of Hushai, who is, uh, in some ways, God's plant into the situation. Hushai is still absolutely for David. You see how he he tells these uh, spies to go back to David and tell David the counsel that has been given so David can avoid the conflict with Absalom and get time to be uh, strengthened and enable him to gather his army as he will do in 2 Samuel 18 and, and bring destruction to Absalom's kingdom. But Absalom is an unstable 
person. Although he's courageous, he's, he's uh, brilliant, he's clever, but he doesn't have a foundation. And that is because his heart has been corrupted. And this is absolutely fundamental to the whole teaching of the Bible. And God doesn't look at the outward appearance. He looks at our hearts. And he sees into the heart of each one of us. Now, if you look at Absalom's story, of course, he's the eldest son of David. In a natural sense, he's the heir to the throne. And so he takes action into his own hands to take the throne. But God has actually promised the throne to Solomon. His heart is not concerned about what God is actually seeking to do. His heart is corrupted. Now you'll also see that in in the story, Amnon, who uh, uh, has an, uh, uh, an affair with Tamar, he kills him out of revenge. And if you look at the life of David... One thing you will see about David, there is no revenge in David's life. He does not seek to, uh, um, as Jesus rightly instructed in the New Testament, tells, repay evil with evil. With Saul, who pursues him, he does not lay his hand on him. He trusts God to be sovereign. And this is one thing that Absalom is not doing. Absalom is taking the place of, uh, if you like, playing God. He's trying to run the agenda. But he's doing it with an unstable heart. There's bitterness, there's uh, jealousy, there's pride. There's all sorts of things operating in Absalom's heart that are going to lead him to be deceived. All right, well, this Alcibiades of the Old Testament is apparently winning over the hearts of the people of Israel. But David has prayed that the counsel of Ahithopel will turn to foolishness. Well, when Ahithopel counsels uh, Absalom, the first thing he counsels him to do is to sleep with David's concubines so that he might show to Israel that he is totally in charge. What is that sort of behaviour? It's impure, isn't it? And Absalom has no qualms about doing what Ahithopel tells him to do. We read there that he goes and... um, Uh, In chapter 16, I'll just read that section. Go into your father's concubines, whom he has left to keep his house, and all Israel will hear that you have made yourself a stench to your father. The hands of all who are with you will be strengthened. So they pitched a tent for Absalom on the roof, and Absalom went into his father's concubines in the sight of all Israel. And what a thing to do. He's not worried about, you know, being seen to be sexually 
uh, active in, in taking his father's concubines and sleeping with them and usurping the place his father had as king of Israel. And then it says, in those days the counsel that Ethiopia gave was as if one consulted the word of God. People respected this man, but he had turned his heart towards Absalom. Moreover, Ethiopia said to Absalom, let me choose 12,000 men and I will rise and pursue David tonight. Do you know, if Absalom had taken this advice, David would have been defeated. This was actually counsel that Absalom should have taken in order to defeat David. David was in a weak position. He was still, he was tired, he was weary. He was, just like uh, Absalom, uh, Ahithopel is pointing out. He's weary, he's discouraged, he'll throw him into panic and all the people who are with him will flee. I will strike down only the king and I'll bring all the people back to you as a bride comes home to her husband. You seek the life of only one man and all the people will be at peace. The advice seemed right in the eyes of Absalom and the elders of Israel. Why didn't he just follow that? Do you know, because he's unstable. And so Absalom said, call Hushai, the archite. Let us hear what he has to say. And when Hushai came to Absalom, Absalom said to him, thus has Ahithophel spoken. Shall we do as he says? If not, you speak. Then Hushai said to Absalom, now Hushai's heart is actually for David. If you look back when he answers Absalom's uh, questioning of him, he says some very interesting things. Back in verse 16, And when Hushai the archite, David's friend, came to Absalom, Hushai said to Absalom, Long live the king. Hushai speaking down. Long live the king. Long live the king. Now, who is he speaking about? Absalom thinks he's speaking about him. Well, let's just see. He asks him another question. Absalom said to Hushai, is this your loyalty to your friend? Hushai said to Absalom, no, for whom the Lord and this people and all the men of Israel have chosen, his I will be. Now notice, he says right at the beginning, whom the Lord has chosen, his I will be. Now has, has actually the Lord chosen Absalom? He hasn't chosen him. But Absalom believes in his own heart he has the right to take the throne. So Hushai is sort of, uh, you know, well, he's, what he's saying seems, seems good to, to Absalom. And then he asks him again, whom should I serve? Should it not be his son? As I have served your father, so I will serve you. Now, Hushai is going to serve Absalom to remove him from his rebellion. He's actually going to die. That's pretty interesting service. I'm going to serve you as God's servant. This is what Hushai is really saying to him. As I'm going to serve the one the Lord has chosen. And as he gives counsel to Absalom when he's asked to give the counsel, you see, why would Absalom 
take all this on board, he's unstable. There is no solid foundation. He is unsure. And when he finally receives Hushai's counsel, then Hushai said to Absalom, this time the counsel of Ethopel has given is not good. It isn't good because it would defeat David. <laughs> it's not good because, yes, you, you would eventually kill the one God has chosen. Yeah, of course, he doesn't tell him that. Hushai said, you know that your father and his men are mighty men. They are enraged like a bear robbed of her cubs in the field. Besides, your father is an expert in war. He will not spend the night with people. Behold, even now he has hidden himself in one of the pits or in some other place, and as soon as some of the people fall, at the first attack, whoever hears it, he will say, this has been a slaughter among the people who followed Absalom. Then even the valiant man, whose heart is like the heart of a lion, will utterly melt with fear. Now you see, that only happens to someone who's unstable. When you are under attack, Lamb talked this morning about, you know, uh, being in difficult circumstances, being in hard places, being in things where God has put us. But when we know God has put us there, we don't just run away. But in this situation, an unstable man, suddenly things appear to go the wrong way, they're fleeing. Because they're not absolutely sure that God has appointed them for this purpose. My counsel, says Hushai, is all Israel be gathered to you, all Israel, from Dan to Bathsheba, as the sand of the sea, for multitude, and that you go to battle in person. So we shall come upon him in some place where he is to be found and we shall light upon him and as the dew falls on the ground and of him all the men with him, not one will be left. We'll wipe the whole lot out. If he withdraws into a city, then all Israel will bring ropes to that city and we shall drag it to the valley until even the pebble is to be found there. And Absalom and all the men of Israel said, the counsel of Hushai the Archite is better than the counsel of Ahithopal. This counsel gave David opportunity to withdraw and strengthen himself, gave him time because gathering all Israel from Dan to Bathsheba would take significant time to put the whole army together. And we read here in Second Samuel, for the Lord had ordained to defeat the good counsel of Ahithopel so that the Lord might bring harm upon Absalom. Then we have the story Hushai said to Zadok and the Abiathar the priest, thus so did Athopal counsel Absalom and the elders of Israel, and thus so have I counseled now. Therefore, sin quickly and tell David. You see whose side he's on. <laughs> Do not s- stay tonight at the fords of the wilderness, but by all means pass over, lest the king and all the people who are with him be swallowed up. He knows that if Ahithopel's counsel had actually been followed, David would be defeated. But how was Absalom deceived? Well, you see, 
Jesus says, see that no one leads you astray. And friends, this is absolutely vital counsel as we enter into a new year. The things that the world is going to face are the things God has said in his word. And we read here what Jesus said is going to take place. So what are the things we can learn from Absalom that we should depart from in order not to be led astray? Well, Absalom, firstly, was not seeking truly the will of God. He was seeking his own will. He he was seeking his own desires, not God's desires. Hushai, actually, as the prophet, is seeking God's desires. He knows God has anointed David to be king, and he is to reign, and Solomon is to take his place. And he's acting as God's servant. Yes, he's serving, in a sense, Absalom to remove him from getting in the way of God. But Absalom did not deal with his heart. And the whole of the New Testament really focuses on dealing with your heart. When Paul talks to Timothy, he tells him in 1 Timothy, remove all other teaching, Timothy. The aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart, a good conscience, and sincere faith. And that's really the whole summary of Christianity, actually. The aim of Christianity is love that flows from a pure heart. You deal with the things of your heart. A good conscience, so your conscience is clear about your relationship with God and with other people. And sincere faith, that means you're hearing clearly what God is saying. And you can stand on what he has said. Not like Absalom, who is unstable. James tells us in his uh, letter to his friends, if anyone lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. You see, Absalom was unstable. He had this doubting going on there. For no one who doubts, oh, sorry, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. That person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. You see, this is Absalom's condition. He's like a wave tossed by the wind. There's no solid foundation. He has not dealt with the things of his heart. He has not sought uh, a good conscience and sincere faith. He's seeking something else. You'll see in the counsel of Jesus to his disciples, he longed that they would truly uh, deal with the things of their heart. And of course, one of them failed to do that. He ended up becoming the one to betray Jesus. And then he killed himself. Well, in this story, Ahithopel, who gave that counsel to Absalom, 
who sees actually the hand of God goes out and hangs himself. Now, God doesn't want any of us to do that. But the thing is, as we go into a new year, I believe God was speaking to me through this passage. The passage is really saying, see that no one leads you astray. Ensure that you are dealing with the things that will keep you in true fellowship with God himself and aligned to his will. Above everything else, guard your heart. For out of it flow the springs of life. As Paul says to Timothy, the aim of our charge is love. Flows out of a pure heart, a good conscience and sincere faith. And notice Jesus' instruction is most men's love will grow cold. They will be led astray from dealing with the things of their heart. And as we enter into a new year, God is merciful and gracious. If we deal with our hearts, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. If we truly confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness and we will not be deceived. We will have his counsel. We will recognize when the counsel is not of God and when it is of God. Let's pray.